You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2022 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your love, and we are so thankful that we can share that love with those around us. Just bless our time together, Lord, and send your Holy Spirit to minister to us so that we are able to minister to others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Will you close that door for me also? It just gets noisy and distracting for me. All right, so let's see, what have we talked about? We've talked about developing a lifestyle of service, weaving it into all the intricate details of everyday life. And then we talked about birthdays and how to use our birthdays for outreach and service. And then yesterday we talked about all sorts of fun holidays. So today we are going to, the title is called, called to Serve. And we're just going to go over the various, it, both of today and tomorrow are basically about the community. Today is about specific groups of people that we can minister to. But all over the Bible, we see that we are called to serve others, correct? Yes, to love others, to care for others, to build others up, and to help others in their need. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens, and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. Next, Hebrews 13, 15 says, don't forget to do good and to share what you have, because God is pleased with these gifts or these kinds of gifts. John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Proverbs 19, 17, those who are gracious to the poor lend to the Lord, and the Lord will fully repay them. And all of this should be done for the purpose of glorifying God, right? Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This point, I love this Bible verse because that's what the point of what I want everything I do to be. And I was reminded of this just recently because uh, we've been in the UP for not quite three years and COVID started not long after we got there. <clears throat> and uh, you all know, maybe you're from a church that had a lot of struggles through COVID. There were a lot of different feelings and we won't even go into that, but there, there were some people who were very disgruntled when the conference shut the church down. And they started just sending some terrible texts and saying some terrible things and saying that my husband was bowing down to Baal because we closed the church and whatnot. So all of that aside, it was, it was very straining. And a few families decided to have their own church. For quite a while, they did that. And this one man in particular, uh, just a lot of anger built up inside that we could see and feel. And they came to a point... I don't know, probably seven or eight months ago, where they thought, okay, this is enough. We're going to go back to church, praise the Lord. But right before they did, he had a stroke. And so he ended up in the hospital, and it has changed his life forever. He's not really capable. He was a carpenter, and he did all sorts of work on houses and various places. Um, so it really changed his life. But we started, we had tried to reach out, but in those types of situations, sometimes you have to be careful because you don't want to push them further away. So we would do various things, but not a lot. Um, but once they were at home and recovering and life was totally different, we really 
started to minister to bring food. We, all winter long, we would go over and scrape their driveway and sidewalks and things like that. One time, actually, the Lord is so good, he worked it out so that my husband went over there for something else. And the couple, they're elderly, and she has health problems too, um, were waiting for a ride to take them to the hospital to, for some appointments, but they were 20 minutes late. And so my husband shows up and was able to take them. Just various ways that we were really able to serve and love them. And then at this point in their lives, they're actually moving to Oregon, but um, they've had a lot of trouble, <laughs> their son has, working things out to get their belongings there. So actually my husband is driving all of their things out to Oregon for them, but we really believe that God has opened up all these, these opportunities, and they have mentioned that they just, they see Christ, and they're just so thankful for the love that they feel, and their son who is not a Christian or an Adventist, said um, to David, now I know what a Christian is. And that's just so beautiful. I mean, that's the whole reason that we do any of this, because we want others to know about Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about various groups that we can share Jesus with and different ways that we can do that. So we're going to start with our neighbors. Um, there's a quote in my life today, August 17, it says, visit those who live near you and by sympathy and kindness try to reach their hearts. Visit the sick and suffering and show a kindly interest in them. If possible, do something to make them more comfortable. Through this means you can reach their hearts and speak a word for Christ. Eternity alone will reveal how far reaching such a line of labor can be. Sometimes in this life we will see the results but sometimes we will not. But that doesn't mean that we stop doing what the Lord has called us to do, because eternity alone will reveal how far-reaching such a line of labor can be. So we can't worry about those results. We leave them to God. So one of the things that we have enjoyed doing uh, from time to time, this worked especially well in the last neighborhood that we lived in. We lived in a neighborhood where there were quite a few houses, and we loved to take walks, even in the winter. <laughs> but... Uh, Three seasons of the year, we would see a lot of houses go for sale, and then the for sale sign come down, and it was sold. So when we would see that sold sign on there, we would take a loaf of bread, and we would go knock on their door and just introduce ourselves, let them know that we were their neighbors, whether it was just across the street or around the corner or wherever, and we'd just take a few minutes to meet them. There are some chairs on that side, if you would like. No, it's not a problem. Anyway, so this gave us an opportunity to meet people. You know, it's easy to get to know your neighbors that are right around you and when you live in a situation like that, but sometimes not as far away. And we got to know a few of our neighbors that lived in various places away from us. Um, it just, I didn't leave a glow track with it because this was just an introduction. We wanted to say, here's who we are. But on the back, it had God bless you, and it had our name and address and phone number should they ever need anything. So that was, that was fun. When I bake bread, she asks, um, I do both. Whole wheat, this one's a raisin cinnamon, so it was a blend of whole wheat as well as unbleached. But sometimes now I use white whole wheat. So it's, yeah, it's good. People enjoy it. And you know, they just love that you came by. So no matter what you take. Another thing that we've done in our neighborhood. So you remember yesterday we talked about national holidays. Well, October 1 is National Homemade Cookie Day, and we moved into that neighborhood in September. 
So we're like, hey, let's celebrate this. So we went to our neighbors and we said, hey, it's National Homemade Cookie Day, and we just wanted to introduce ourselves. And we met a lot of interesting people this way. One of the ladies says to my, my kids, do you like stuffed animals? Having no idea that her husband or her, one of them was a taxidermist. And so, yeah, so seriously, and they were from South Africa or something, and they hunted game there. They had this lioness in their living room. She took us in and showed us all this stuff. There was a warthog on their wall. There was a lioness stuffed sitting there, like bigger than my kids. Anyways, they were like, oh. But anyways, it was fun, and we never would have learned that had we not taken our cookies on National Homemade Cookie Day. So we met a lot of interesting people that way. Um, of course, probably many of you have been involved in this. Kids are good workers, so we always help neighbors, friends, church members with yard work and things like that. Help them with projects. I found with a family of five, you can get a lot done, and people appreciate that. So during COVID, this is just a picture of a letter and... So two little glow tracks, Steps to Health and Hope for Troubled Times is what it was. I believe it has just Bible verses in it. And then, so what we did, COVID had just hit and we were trying to figure out how can we reach out to our neighbors because then, you know, they told us you can't even go visit people. You can't even go into other people's property or whatever. So we wrote this letter basically just letting people know that we were available if they needed us to go to the store to get something or if, I mean, anything. We even put a friendly phone call if they needed prayer. And we did have one lady call us and ask us for prayer, actually. So it was a really great way to connect with her. And so anyways, that was just really neat. We just put our neighbor on all of them because we hadn't met them all <laughs> and their address. We went for a walk one night and I was having my somebody, I think I gave one of my kids my, my phone and they were writing all the house numbers down as we went. Hopefully we didn't look suspicious, but you know, it was fun. This is the up close. Dear friends, anyways, we just wanted to reach out. Then this is also during COVID and this was for Easter during that first COVID. And we decided that we wanted to put together door hanger bags because we weren't supposed to talk to anybody then. And so we, here's, let's go to the next page because it'll show you what's in there. It was right before the Hope Awakens series that John Bradshaw did. We put some things for kids in there. And the He Has Risen is a supplement from um, Desire of Ages. And then we had a newsletter, and in that newsletter, I think we put a link, we put some resources that they might enjoy while being at home, so like Bible study stuff, uh, your story hour that they could listen to, um, there's a recipe in there, a friendly little uh, letter, anyways, all sorts of different things that we thought they might enjoy while they were stuck at home, and so that was neat, we had some good interaction with that, and there were people outside even when we, we took that, so we got to interact with them. So another thing that we have done with our neighbors, I, maybe you remember this, it was in the Michigan memo, we took applesauce to our neighbors. So some of our neighbors are Jehovah's Witnesses, and so they don't celebrate holidays. So you have to be careful. We didn't want to go say Merry Christmas because they don't believe in that. They don't celebrate that. So we went at New Year's. Everybody knows the New Year's starting, so you're not really celebrating a holiday. But... Um, we just took them a drawer of applesauce, and that actually was great because we could spend a few minutes at their door talking with them, and it was very good. It was a lot of fun. This is my whole family. That was just a couple of years ago. We did it in the snow. It was a nice Sabbath afternoon walk, <laughs> and it was, it was very enjoyable. Um, this is something that Stacy Shefka did. It was a New Year's bag for her neighbors, 
And so in there, praying a blessing for the new year, uh, a prayer promise book, bedtime stories, some drinks and goodies that they put in there. And so they just went around and let their, they offered to pray with their neighbors um, and let them know that they would be praying for them on throughout the year. So I thought that was really neat. That people need hope and encouragement out there. So, okay, don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, so church members. Now, it might seem strange to you. Why are we ministering to church members? But church members need to be ministered to as well, don't they? There are many, many people in our churches, and even people who have families, people who are healthy, there's lots and lots of people. Everyone needs to be ministered to and filled up. Even if you are the one, especially maybe if you're the one who gives and gives, we need to minister to each other so that we're all full. Ministry of Healing says, in a special sense, Christ has laid upon his church the duty of caring for the needy among its own members. And then in Galatians 6.10 it says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And so really here, I mean, you could do anything to reach out to those who you go to church with and fellowship with. So our family, I might have said this before, um, is really into baking and cooking and things like that. So we use that a lot to minister to others. So these, somebody gave me these white bags, like a whole box of them. So I still have some, actually. So we just found something on the internet that was bright and cheery. We cut it out, and we glued it on there. And so inside that bag are muffins, or sometimes there might be cookies. And we would, for a while, we took them every Sabbath, but we only took a few, and so nobody knew who was going to get one. But they all look forward to getting them eventually. <laughs> and so they just, you know, it was a special little small something, but they really enjoyed being thought of. And look, here I have this picture, the same picture again. I don't know why I did that, but you can always have church members with outdoor projects as well. <laughs> so this, um, this was when we lived in Alpena, and I was working with the school kids and my kids. They were all part of Adventures and the Pathfinder group, and we wanted to say thank you to the teacher at the school as well as the Pathfinder and Adventure leaders, um, to the church, the Sabbath school teachers, uh, they wanted to say thank you to the man who plowed out the parking lot, as well as the janitor, the pastors, the elders, all sorts of people in the church who helped those kids. And so we got cookie cutters, and we just made that little tag, and all the kids signed the back of it. And those are what the ladies got. And then we gave the men this little packet of nuts, and it says, we'd go nuts without your support. So they enjoyed signing that and giving that. Uh, to the people there at the church who help. Because you know what? Young people need, you know, I read once that every young person needs five to ten adults outside of their family to support them, love them, encourage them, who they just know are on their side in order to keep them in the church. So the children in your church need you. They need your support. They need to feel loved and encouraged and supported. So keep that in mind. Now, this, I just want to encourage you to add um, outreach to your vacation Bible schools. We have loved doing that a few times. Um, it should be an element. I, I guess maybe I just love it so much that I put it everywhere. 
But what a great thing to put as a part. You know you have those rotations sometimes, crafts and snacks and whatever else you have. One of them is outreach is a great one to stick in there. And one time we had an ADRA Adventures VBS. So the kids learned about different countries and how those countries might be lacking since it was an ADRA idea. And they did the same regular things with Bible stories and songs and a snack and whatever. But instead of a regular craft, we did outreach crafts that they could take and share with somebody else. And so the goal, that we called it our care center. And the goal was just to make outreach and caring a reality in the lives of those children. And so they really did look forward to that. The first one that we did, this is called the caring box. And they got to, the next picture is what's in it, just a little box of raisins and a little treasure. It was an invitation so that if somebody wasn't there the first night, they could come back to VBS. A balloon, bubbles, and the kids colored that little card. And they were just supposed to think of a friend who wasn't at Vacation Bible School, and they were supposed to invite them and bring them. And we did have a few extra kids the next night, so that was kind of fun. Another night that week, we colored pictures uh, what did I call these? Our prayer pictures. And I would do this with my kids a lot when they were little as well. This is something little kids can do really well. Color a picture. You can stick stickers on it. You can put little embellishments on it. And then at the bottom, we wrote, we said a prayer for you from whoever the child was that colored it, because then we would pray. If we were at home, then we would pray specifically for the person who it was for that we sent it to. But we also at VBS prayed over all of those pictures and then they could take those pictures and share with someone that they had been prayed for. And people really enjoy these. And if you went and visited them, you would see them up on their refrigerator because they really like that. One other thing we did that year at VBS, there's, here's, this is my son. I don't even know. He might, maybe he's four there and he's 13 now. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you remember. That's how we looked when we came to... Anyways, um, we made little containers. These are just 15-ounce cans, like beans or tomatoes or whatever you would get in a 15-ounce can. And then they covered it and decorated it with fancy duct tape. Then we had a little label that says missionary fund, and they stuck that on there. So then they could take it home, and they could collect their money, and then they could use their money either to help with ADRA, because that's what it was for, or just to help a friend in need who needed help or some other charity. Mm -hmm. Them and their parents could decide where they wanted to have their money go to help. But anyways, it's, it was an excellent component of our VBS, and I just highly recommend putting outreach activities in our VBS. Oh, there's some, an upfront picture, or an up-close picture of the missionary fun jars. Yeah, so they had fun with that. And what kid doesn't like duct tape? <laughs> so it was pretty fun. Now, I'm sharing this picture with you because this happened right here at camp meeting, and somebody ministered to me. And I'm a church member, so that's why it's in this section. I'm not their church member, but um, somebody said, hey, I have something for you, I have something for you, and they, they, they had bought a bunch of these, and they were sharing them with different people, and she gave them to us because she just knew that we were really busy at camp meeting and wanted us to take a break and go get a treat with the one child that we do have here at camp meeting this year. And I'm telling you, it touched my heart. I've been running around crazy here at camp meeting, doing lots of different things. And it was just, it's a blessing to be thought of, isn't it? It is a blessing and it just touches your heart. So we know how it feels to be thought of and to be loved and encouraged. So that should make us want to go forth and do likewise.
It's kind of like God is giving you a hug. When somebody thinks of you, you know God was thinking of you. So minister to church members as well because they need it just as much as the people outside of the church. And then hospitality is another way that we can minister to church members as well as other people. Obviously, you know, sometimes I think this is a dying art, Sabbath dinner. Some churches, some people are better at it than others, and some, the situation isn't as conducive. But I just encourage you, if you have the opportunity, invite people to your home, because fellowship is just so sweet. You get to know people on a whole different level when you're in their home or they're in yours. Um, Sabbath dinner to go. So one time... This was in Onaway, actually. There was a couple there that was getting elderly, and we wanted to have them to our house, but they were too elderly. We lived in Alpena, so it was an hour away, and there was no way that was going to happen. So basically what I did was invite our family to their house, (laughs) but I said, we're bringing all the food. We're bringing everything. And they were thrilled to have us over. They obviously supplied the dishes. We brought all the food, and they had some other family members there as well. And it was just a really, really nice time, and they didn't mind. Um, having us over, um, it helped them, and it it was really lovely to spend that time with them. So you kind of just have to get creative when you have people like that, but there's ways if you want to. This was actually in Alpena and on a way, too. When we first got there, Alpena, I mean, um, Sabbaths were taken with potlucks, and so we couldn't have people over to our house on Sabbath. So we started a tradition of inviting people over on Friday evening for supper, and then we would have a family worship. And that was so enjoyable. And I just want to tell you, you don't have to be intimidated by having people over because you don't think your house is nice enough or you don't have the nice enough dishes or you don't have fancy food. You know, a lot of times we would do this a lot in the fall through the spring when it was cooler. It was up north. So a lot of times we would have soup, bread, and maybe salad or something else with it. And we would eat on paper plates and paper bowls. And nobody ever mentioned that they were offended by it. They just loved being able to come. So I I just, Friday night actually became our favorite time to have people over because then we could have the worship time with them as well. Yes, Edelgard was there. She came over. It was a good time. And then Sabbath evening bonfires, vespers, and suppers. Those are lots of fun to have together as a church family. So that is for church members and others too. All those things can be incorporated anywhere. So now we're going to talk about health. So you can share health, which is the right arm of the gospel. And we, it's also important to remember not just to share the health facts and to share the health recipes, but we also want our health message to lead people to Jesus. So here's a quote, and I'm sorry, I forgot to even look up what UT stands for, but it says, your interest and efforts are to be given not to the health question alone, but to making known the truths of these last days, truths that are deciding the destiny of souls. And so sometimes all it has to start out with is an invitation. Uh, sometimes when we hand out glow tracks or the balanced living tracks, it's not just to share health, but it's to invite them to something. And so this one is you're invited and the other side says we're nuts about health. So we put a peanut in there and then it let them know we were starting up your healthy connections in Onaway. And so we had the school kids and our family and we went around in and out of the businesses all around town in Onaway inviting people to come to our health class. And I think it was two or probably three days 
before we did it. And on that particular night, 20% of the people that showed up were directly because we had gone out. So, hey, it was, it was good that night. You won't always have that, but some, you'll have people. We've had people show up to all sorts of things because we went out and invited them. So, now, if you, if you were in the adult meeting on Monday night, I was up there with Vicki Griffin, but we were running out of time, and she just flew through it. So, I'm telling you again, <laughs> Vicki came up and did a week-long seminar. It was fantastic in Manistique, but we, so we wanted to go into the community and invite people. So we got fruit leathers, and we put a little sticker on it that said, Reap the Fruit of Healthy Choices. And we took her cards that she had, Strength Through the Storm, New, new Year, New You, and we went around town inviting people. Same as always, parking lots, in and out of businesses, and we invited people to come to that, and we had a good turnout. Um, it, I, it was three or four nights a week. It ended on a Sabbath, and we had a, we had a very good turnout. In the middle of February, here's Vicki and Dylan, Dylan and David and I. Uh, it was lots of fun going out with, with all of them. And here's Vicki talking up front. She always has a lot of good information to share. So if you ever need a health event, she's a good lady to invite. And she does amazing at interweaving the gospel in her health presentations. So, and that's what we want to do. All right, so now I want to tell you about bananas. <laughs> so this is one of the most loved glow track ideas of all time. <laughs> at least it seems to be. This happened in Alpina also. So we got this idea to share bananas with the community. And let me tell you, the first time I went to Walmart to buy bananas, I had this cartload of bananas. <laughs> and people look at you a little strange when you had, I had over 100 the first time we did it. We kind of had to go up to 200 and 300 after that because people loved it so much. But we would string each one of the bananas separately with a health tract, a balanced living health tract. And then my husband made these cards that said heart health, it has a Bible verse about prospering and being a good health. And on the back side of that card, it has four benefits of eating bananas. And so the kids were fantastic. Oh, they were so little when we first started this. They took this wagon, our trusty wagon, and we loaded it up with bananas. And we would go all over town with our bananas. And they would walk up to people. They'd have their banana in hand. They'd walk up to people and they'd smile. I said, smile big. And look at them in the eye and say, have a happy, healthy day. And nobody turned down the bananas. Nobody. The people loved it. They wrote something up in the newspaper about the school promoting healthy living and people are, we had a doctor in the church, he worked at the hospital, and he would hear from his coworkers, oh, we saw your kids out passing out bananas or whatever it was. So word, word got around. So people loved this so much that we took it even further, and we decided to have a 4th of July parade float with bananas. That is a lot of bananas. Do you have any guesses as to how many bananas are on that parade float? You are very close, 2,300. Wow. 2,300, yeah. 2,300, and they were all strung up with information. So, and, oh man, 
it takes a lot of energy and work to like keep up with a parade float when you're passing out bananas. But we had the school teacher and then another uh, lady from the church dressed up in their banana outfits. And of course, we had to have the half a help, happy, healthy day because that's what they were used to hearing. So we, we've just had a lot of fun with bananas over the years, and people appreciate the health that we're sharing. We, um, this was just a few years ago. I went to the Eau Claire School, and I did an um, outreach week of prayer. And so I spent all week with them, and one of the days, I was like, hey, we're going to do bananas. So we went throughout their town sharing bananas. And really, this right here <clears throat> is my favorite story of all time. So this young lady, Abby, and her little friend there, walked into the bank, and she just kind of connected her eyes with the man across the room who was at the Xerox machine making copies. And so she walks up to him, have a happy, healthy day. And he takes the banana, and he's like, you are never going to believe this. He said, my wife was yelling at me this morning, take a banana, take a banana before you go to work. And he's like, no, I don't have time. So he ran out, and he didn't take his banana. He said, my wife is never going to believe that my banana showed up at work today. <laughs> so you never know. I mean, God can even use a banana. So anyways, I, I, I love telling that story because, I don't know, God has a, a sense of humor. So, and his timing is perfect. Very, very perfect. Okay, so the next thing that we've done to promote health. This one, actually, I shared in the main meeting on Monday night as well. We shared people, or we shared raisins with people around town, and they loved it. It says, another raisin to smile. So, we stuck that raisin pack on there. And on the back, it has health benefits of smiling. Because smiling is good for us, and we should all do it. Plus, there's a mindset um, balanced living um, tract. And we put together 480 of these wow. that we shared around town that Sabbath. And it was neat. This, this particular Sabbath that we went, we had some people who had never done this type of thing before. And so they just had so much fun doing it. We had some big stores where we went to deliver these. So right here you see She's in Lowe's, and it was interesting. Most, we never ask permission. We just kind of go in, do our thing quietly, and get out. But in Lowe's, they actually asked us to leave. Well, they asked one person to leave. But what they didn't know is that there were people all around the store handing out these raisins. So they just kind of did it and, and left. We've never gotten in trouble. Nobody ever has a problem with it, except for sometimes they do ask you to leave, and we do very politely leave. <laughs> But we, we just went in and out of all sorts of businesses, had a lot of fun with the raisins, left a lot of smiles. Um, and this young lady even got the Bigsby drive-through uh, with our raisins. So that was a lot of fun that day. So this is actually Vicki's story of her grandkids. I don't know if you've ever heard it or not. She had to go through it really, really quickly that night, Monday night, when she was up there as well. But um, it was a Sabbath afternoon, and she had her grandkids with her, and she wanted to make it special. She wanted Sabbath to be special. So she, what she did was got some of these Balanced Living magazines. She laid 10 of them out on the floor. And then so she had each of her grandkids pick five each. There were two of them. So and then she put 10 different scriptures together um, out on the floor. Just She wrote them out on these pieces of paper, and she let them each pick five of the Bible verses. And they decorated them. And then they, of their own accord, 
put the different Bible verses with the different magazines. And she said it was amazing to see how the Lord matched up the Bible verse. Like, God heals the brokenhearted. She didn't tell them to put that verse with that magazine, but it's lessons on loss. And so it goes perfectly together. And this one, sleep, schedules, and sanity, they put God strengthens the weary. I mean, that's so perfect. And um, anyways, they matched up just wonderfully. And then she had the idea, her idea was to place them in the mailbox newspaper slots, but the kids wanted to knock on the doors. So they dragged her to the door. That's what they did. You can see he's in his little mobile there, all situated and ready to go. The kids even picked the houses that they went to, and Vicki introduced them at each door as doing a health project, and the kids then gave their gifts to each of the families at the door. So what a memorable Sabbath. She was just trying to make it special, and the kids absolutely loved it and made it even more than she thought. You know, she was just going to hang them and leave them, but they decided, no, we need to talk with people, and they loved being missionaries that day. This next thing that we did, this was actually right before. This is oranges, this is apples. Orange, you glad Jesus loves you, and you are the apple of God's eye. This was We've done it a few times at different things, but this one in particular was right before COVID started when um, our town was having a blood drive, and we were asked to provide something for each of the people who donated blood, and so we did something food-wise in case they needed a blood sugar lift, but then we also attached, uh, since COVID had just hit, we put immune health (laughs) uh, tracks on there, and so everybody who donated blood also got a little glow track pack, an orange, or an apple. So you kind of just have to figure out what's going on in your community so that you can be involved. So this was when COVID hit as well. We thought, okay, we've got to have a health glow track pack. So those are two vitamin C drops that are inside the pack. Um, And then we also put a little card. Oh, you can see it on this one. There's a card at the top that has the address of the church and the different information that they might need. And we had a lot of fun delivering these. We actually stopped at the local police department and the ladies at the front desk thought it was a fabulous idea. So they took 25 for all the people that work there in their police department. And then we also went to Walmart one day and shared with some of the people that were working there And I'll never forget the last man that I handed one to. I told him what it was. Anyways, he loved it so much. He said, if it weren't for this whole pandemic thing, I'd hug you. So anyways, people are tickled to get something little and to have a smile. All right. Now, this is a story about reaching your community uh, with health from a friend of mine. They live in Washington State. And it's really interesting, the story she tells me, a couple of years ago, nothing was going on, and they were just praying and praying about what they could do. And the Lord, very slowly, with just one person and then a few more, um, they started a personal ministries team. And then um, they got the idea to start visiting. It's a very small town. There's many Native Americans there. And so they were trying to figure out, oh, and she said a lot of the church members live out in the country. So they're not really even involved in their small town of Ichelium, I think is how you say it. I'm not sure. This is the t-shirt. Anyway, so they were trying to figure out how to get to know the people in their community. There's only like 200 of them. And so they first started a visitation, whatever you want to call it, 
every, every month or every other month, they would visit everyone in their town. And so they have handed out soap to people in their town. They've, they also made a calendar and it had their church information on it. People love that at the beginning of the year. They shared that. Well, then they just decided somebody's really into gardening in their church. And so they started a gardening club and they all have t-shirts like this, Inchelium Garden Club. And there's a Bible verse on the back, plant a seed, watch it grow. Yeah, in the Bible verse. So one of the times they went out into the community, they asked the community if they would be interested in, I think they handed out seeds or something, and they asked if they would be interested in a garden. Who would be interested in a garden? And so in, I have a couple pictures to show you, but then I have a video also, and it's just a five-minute video telling the background and the story of how they did these gardens. Because they ended up doing 15 gardens, I think, or no, 40 people. They put in gardens for people in their own town. The gardens were 10 by 15 with fencing, plastic, water hoses, and it was all free to the people in their community. Um, here's one family that helped. This, they put timers on everything, a little watering system. And this is the lady, I, I'll have to ask her what happened with this, but this is the lady who they were expecting to see at church the next Sabbath because of this event. Okay, so I'm going to push the slide, and my husband says that it's going to just start, and there's a speaker over here, so we should be able to see it. And this is the video. Yeah, thank you. Uh -huh. Hi, Christian. So tell us what you've been up to today. Today has been a big day for us here at the Inchelium Garden Club. This is a day we've been preparing for in months. We have put in 20 gardens 20. here in the town and surrounding area of our community of Inchelium. Wow, that's a lot of work. So describe what these gardens are like. Well, I like to say that these are the gardens for the working man. I'm very busy this time of year, but I like to be able to do a big garden. So I need a garden that's efficient. And this is something I developed a few years ago. And we rototill, we put down a soaker hose, we put plastic on top. It accomplishes two things. One is it has really good water retention. And number two, the plastic on top has uh, weed suppression. So these are gardens that retain water and there's automatic timers put on these gardens. So it's automatically watered and you never have to weed. So it's a very efficient garden. Once it's planted, you just get to pick and enjoy. Oh, couldn't ask for a better garden. No. So how many people did it take to put in 20 gardens? Well, today we had about 30 volunteers. We divided that up. There was three teams that we call our tractor teams. We had three tractors out rototilling these garden spots. Each tractor obviously had a driver and then a helper that went with them to prepare the garden site, move the bicycles and lawnmowers and everything out of the way, and weeded the grass down, and then that was rototilled. So we had six people running tractors and then about 25 people out installing gardens. Of those 25 people, we divided that into four teams. We had a team leader on each team who has done this type of garden before. Some of them helped me with a much smaller size project we did last year. So they were familiar with how to put these gardens in. And by organizing that way, the team of us, 30 volunteers, we were able to put in all 30 gardens in one day. Wow, that's impressive. So what do the people think of these gardens? You know, people really like these gardens. Um, of course, if you got a free garden, just put in your yard, who wouldn't? But uh, one of the gardens we did is an individual where we put a garden last year. Our project last year was only five gardens, and it was received so well, that's why we decided to do more, and we weren't sure if it was possible to tackle this doing 20 gardens in one day, but we did it. 
is very well received. Uh, the individual that had it last year and this year, he told me, he said, he looked me right in the eye, he said, hey, I just want to tell you, the community is noticing what you're doing and we really appreciate it. Uh, I've had other people tell me that they've been really wanting to get started with gardening. They just haven't known how to do it. They've never done it. They just needed somebody to give them a hand and get them going. And so they're really excited to finally have a garden of their own. It's very well received. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing with us. Mm -hmm. So Pastor Anthony, we've just been doing an outreach pro project at our church in Infilium. What makes this outreach project unique? Well, I love this gardening club outreach, and I believe it's so unique because the ministry we're doing, putting gardens at our community members' homes, is an illustration of how God saves us and an illustration of the work we're trying to also do spiritually in people's lives. Everything from tilling up the soil, uh, to planting the seed, to building fences and safeguarding the work that we do, it's exciting to see it on a natural level. We're asking God to give us a good yield for all the things we planted and we want to harvest and enjoy many of these good crops, all this good produce. But at the same time, we're praying that God will water and that God will cause spiritual growth that many people will come to Jesus through the opportunities we're building through being active in our community. And that's basically where our whole slogan comes from, plant a seed and watch it grow. Because the Bible says, in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, and 7, uh, that Paul planted Apollo's water, but it's God who made everything grow. And, and we get to watch that in the actual ministry itself as we do the ministry. Wonderful. What do you see as the most important aspect of doing a gardening club? Well, the most important aspect, uh, there's a great social need that I saw being met. I saw people... Uh, warming up to us, their hearts opening up. They had more conversations. We have access to people that want us to visit. Uh, even having a, a, a woman coming to our church as a direct result of this ministry, and only the Holy Spirit can do that. And in the gardening club, I'm seeing him with my very own eyes do that as we spend time and as we provide a practical service for our community that, that they can benefit from and they can appreciate and they can see it. Praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing with us. All right. Thank you. Isn't that neat? I had never heard anything like it. And I was, that's just thinking out of the box right there. That is fantastic. And that is meeting a need, a physical need for people. Some of those people, probably most of those people, never would have had a garden without what they are doing. So I just thought that was really cool and I wanted to share it with you. Um, I'll figure that out. <laughs> I will ask. She shared it with me. It's, yeah, I'll find out. All right. We're going to talk about another area of appreciation. Ministry of Healing says, Nothing tends more to promote health of body and soul than does a spirit of gratitude and praise. And I just, I have to say, I always say to my kids, never miss an opportunity to say thank you. You know, whether somebody does something for you or gives something to you or just holds the door for you, um, there's just nothing like a courteous, polite Christian. And life is so, so busy, you know, busy, busy, busy. And people are very quick to complain, aren't they? And so we need to make a habit, we need to train ourselves to appreciate and to show gratitude and to say thank you. 
I'm sure there is. It's just not up there. <laughs> I can find it for you, though. <laughs> I noticed that when I got to I'm like, oh, there's no page. <laughs> I can find it for you, though. Or you know what I do? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to Google into my phone. Nothing tends more to promote health. So I'll find it for you. All right, so one of my very favorite glow track packs to carry around, not in the summer, is this one that says, thank you for your commitment to serving your community. And I've kind of redone it so it looks different on my website now. It has more of a purple color and it's updated. But people really do like the Andes Mint. But this is something you can take and you can give to anybody wherever they're serving in the community, whether it's your dry cleaner or a teacher or a clerk at the bank or the grocery store, I mean, a pool instructor, anybody. And just 99% of people have just loved it and appreciated not just the candy, but the idea that you thanked them and that you appreciated them. So one time we took it, my kids were taking swimming lessons, and so we took one of these for each of the swim instructors, and one of them in particular just throws her arms around me and says, no one ever thanks me. And that's sad. You know, there are people all over our communities and towns who do an important work, but yet we take them for granted and we don't thank them. And so it's important to look for even those people who kind of go unnoticed and make sure that we appreciate them and we say thank you. This was one that we used at Thanksgiving time. Thank you for serving your community. Put a big old Reese's there. Thanksgiving is a great time, of course, to show gratitude to many, many people. So it's good to take advantage of Thanksgiving time. You can put together, there's a, a um, door hanger bag up here for Thanksgiving. Anyways, just a thank you to the community workers. You can take them a little gift as well as a sharing book. I also have a Christmas version of this. And one time I was at the post office and the line was very, very long. It was December. And they were working as proficiently as they could in this small little post office. But I remember also that there was a man out there, and I found out later that it was the, uh, what do you call him? Yeah, the Postmaster General, thank you. He was out there in the lobby going through the people saying, can I help you with this, or what do you need, so that he could make things move a little bit faster and more smoothly. And they were just so kind and just working as fast as they could. And so I thought, this is one of those places where they don't usually accept things because it's a government building. So I said, I, I couldn't find the picture, so I couldn't show you. But anyways, I decided to mail them. Uh, thank you. So I got two Desmond, the lady at the front helped me with something too, and so I wanted to thank them both. So I got envelopes, and I put, or one envelope, I put two books, two Desmond Doss books inside, and I put two of these Christmas, thank you for serving your communities, and I wrote a little note that just said, thank you so much for the way that you served, and I let them know my experience there, where they were both helping um, so givingly. Anyways, so and I actually received a note in the mail back from them just saying thank you so much for your gratitude and for letting us know uh, how much you appreciated the work that we were doing. So people just really appreciate being thanked. This is another idea that is a lot of fun. You kind of need an, a covered porch to do this, so we haven't been able to do it the last couple of years. But we decided we wanted to thank the U.S., all the delivery people. So we put together this basket with chips and uh, cookies and granola bars, and we had some of the Christmas thank you for serving your community. And what we did is we put it on, there was a bench on our porch, and we put it there right close enough to the door that the delivery people could not miss it. 
when they came by. And so my kids were very excited about this. They wanted, they could not wait till the UPS man came. So that day, actually the UPS man comes. And so you hear one of them as the UPS man drives up, the UPS guy is here. And they all run to the kitchen because they could squat down and hide under the windows and peek out the blinds to see what he was, how he would respond. And so he walked up there. He was a really happy guy. He just walked up there, did his thing, but he stops mid stride and he looks back at the basket and he's like, whoa. So then he puts the, he puts his, his package down on the porch and he takes a few of the goodies he takes one of the glow track packs later on we were able to talk to him about it anyways he just thought it was the greatest thing specifically Christmas time I mean they work hard all year long but Christmas time I don't know about your house but in the UP during the month of December they come very late if we have a package to be delivered so I know they work long hard hours Another time we said thank you was when my mom had a surgery a few years back, and she, she was, a, was a nurse all of her life, and so she knows how hard the people in the hospital work. So she had this planned out, and so the whole time we were in the hospital, I was writing down people's names and what their job was, so because on each of these tags, you can see there's a name, Pam and Rena and Will, and all the different people that helped her. She just wanted to say thank you so much because they took such good care of her in the hospital. And so she wasn't able to go back to say thank you, but our family took all these bags back to the nurse's station and just let them know how much we appreciated their care. And this is all the things. My mom went all out. <laughs> Sometimes certain nurses, you know, are in a hurry and they just need a quick snack. So there was popcorn and drinks and other crackers and different snacks. So she, we had a great time putting that together. And the nurses were amazed and very grateful for that thoughtful gesture. This is another one. This is so simple. Baking again. We made muffins and we put a little tag on there that said, thank you for how you serve our family. We are so grateful for what you do. And so we took this like to our dentist's office and our doctor's office, um, different places like that. And we just let them know, oh, a, a piano teacher, chiropractor's office, just let them know that we were appreciative of what they did for our family. Uh, one time someone called me up and they're like, we're taking our adventurer club to the fire station and we want to be able to, and I guess it was the police station too, and we want to be able to thank you or thank them. And so... We came up with this. They made little goodie bags. They have, it says on here, lifesavers. You are a real lifesaver. So there were lifesavers in there. There was a pack of gum. Thank you for sticking with it. There was a mounds candy bar because you show mounds of courage. And there was a candy cane mint because you're worth a mint to Jesus. And they put cookies in there and glow tracks. And so they went, this is an up-close picture of the fireman one. And then... Not only did they take those and deliver them to the workers, but they also got a tour of the fire station. And so, sorry, the picture's a little blurry, but they had so much fun. And then they got to see in the back of the ambulance, and the firemen were just so appreciative of that. They put a message on their Facebook page just thanking the Lansing Lightning Bug Adventurer Club for the gift bags and the opportunity to show them the fire truck and the fire engine they so anyways, people just really appreciate being thanked. And so make it a habit. Look for opportunities. Say it all the time. This is what I talked to the primary kids about a couple of, of nights ago. We really need to make it a habit to focus on the positive, to look for the good in people, to appreciate 
what others have done. The last, yes. Ministry of Healing, page 251. If you remember what quote it was, that's the page. <laughs> Thank you very much for looking that up. Um, this is one last little thing I want to share with you. I, at Christmas time, I always try to have something small on hand in case the Lord impresses me that I need to give something or say thank you in some way. And so one of the things I like to try to do is whenever these Bath and Body Works hand soaps are on sale, then I get a few of them so that I have them to give as a gift if I need it. And so one time, it was around Christmas time, and my husband was making a, a trip up to the conference office, and the thought just popped into my mind uh, to send a little thank you gift and a note to the lady who worked at the front desk, a reception area, answering the phones and whatnot. And it was neat. She, I didn't go with him. He just took it and gave it to her. But she was just really touched by it and sent me a note saying that she was also very inspired to think outside of the box when it came to loving and appreciated people, and she just really appreciated that we thought to appreciate her. And so, you know, life is about people, and the best thing that we can do is learn to love them, no matter who they are, no matter what their background is. God is calling each one of us to be missionaries right in our own sphere of influence, right where we live. And it doesn't matter our age, it doesn't matter our income, it doesn't matter our background, our ethnic background, or anything, our gender. God designed that each one of us would be missionaries and feel the responsibility of winning souls for Christ. Because it truly is more blessed to give than to receive. And the neat thing is, though, is that the blessings are always twofold. Steps to Christ, it says, and the effort to bless others will react in blessings upon ourselves. This was the purpose of God in giving us a part to act in the plan of redemption. And then further it goes on to say, in Steps to Christ also, this is my favorite chapter. I think it's called The Work and the Life. It says, the spirit of unselfish labor for others gives depth, stability, and Christ-like loveliness to the character and brings peace and happiness to its possessors. The aspirations are elevated. There is no room for sloth or selfishness. Those who thus exercise the Christian graces will grow and will become more strong, will become strong to work for God. They will have clear perceptions, a steady growing faith, and an increased power in prayer. The Spirit of God moving upon their spirit calls forth the sacred harmonies of the soul in answer to the divine touch. Those who thus devote themselves to unselfish effort for the good of others are most surely working out their own salvation. The only way to grow in grace is to engage to the extent of our ability in helping and blessing those who need the help that we can give them. So the bottom line is, we need this just as much or more than those who we are serving and those who we are blessing. It's even come to a point in my life where when I get discouraged or when I start to feel like I want to have a pity party, I know that I need to start looking for something else to do for others because it will totally change my whole outlook. We need to serve we were made to serve. So my challenge is for you to think of somebody, even here at camp meeting, who you can serve and be a blessing to, and it will be a blessing to you as well. Let's bow our heads for prayer.
Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you made it such a joy to serve others and to serve you. Father, I pray that we will each one grow in our experience with you and that we'll each grow in our ability and our eyesight to see the needs of others, Lord, to look out there and to see how we can serve you, how we can serve others. And thank you for how it blesses us as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 22 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcasts.